This is the FCB Podcast Network. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the free. Welcome back, patriots. Last time we talked about the different branches of government and what it means to have checks and balances. Now we're going to start talking about what each branch does and how it can check and balance the others. Up first, the legislative branch. My name is Susan Hirschman and I'm originally from Alabama and when I was thinking about what am I going to do um, when I grow up, um, I had my life all planned out. I was going to be a speech pathologist, um, and that's what I studied in college, what I got a master's degree in, and but I always played around in politics, and, um, and so I had my first job as a speech pathologist lined up when I graduated, but then got an offer to come to Washington. I did that job for two years. It was a temporary job and I was gonna move back home to Alabama and practice as a speech pathologist. Um, and I got sucked into Washington, DC. Um, and then, you know, followed a career path here of working for um, a women's organization and then working on the Hill and in Republican leadership, uh, running the um, House Majority Whips um, office um, and then came to my firm, which is a law lobbying firm um, many years ago now, and now represent a bunch of clients and help advocate for them um, in government. That is great. So you said you had a job on the Hill. What does that mean? That is such what a good question. <laughs> and that is such DC speak. Um, <laughs> so in Washington, everyone refers to the Capitol and, you know, if you look at Washington, D.C., there's a capital um, and not everyone in Washington who works for the for Congress works inside the capital. There's really only a few offices there. Mm -hmm. But on if you if you walk outside the capital on one side, it's called the house side of the capital. And that is where there are three house office buildings where the members of Congress, the congressmen work and they're elected every two years. And so that's called the house side of the Capitol. And if you work out, walk out the other side of the Capitol, there are three Senate office buildings, which is called the Senate side. Um, and so when people say I work on the Hill, um, you know, the Capitol is up on a little bit of a hill um, and they, they really refer to that whole con, con complex. It may be the Capitol, it may be for a Senator or a member of Congress. And we had two administrations when I worked on the Hill, when I worked in the whip office, one was a Republican one, um, and one was a Democratic one. And we certainly worked with both presidents um, much differently. Um, we had moments that we got along and, you know, had mutual goals. And um, and quite honestly, with, with a Republican president and with a Democratic president, we also had moments of great frustration um, <laughs> with the... With, uh, with the executive branch of the government. So you talked about the two different sides and you know even physically different on the on the hill the house and the senate. So they make up congress and the legislative branch and that's really what we want to dig into today. So just at a really basic level, 
what does the legislative branch do? Why is it its own, you know, branch of government? So, you know, our founding fathers were so very insightful. Um, and as a um, generally a conservative, um, you don't, I don't want government doing too much. And as you know, as I've always told my daughter, um, you know, and you know, in a belief, it's a, it's a cliche that everybody's, you know, a lot of people say this, you know, a government that can give you everything can also take everything away from you. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think the three branches of government and that checks and balance, and even in the legislative branch, you know, Senate and the house. Um, and again, I think our founding fathers were either, you know, lucky or brilliant or, you know, had divine intervention, you know, however you want to look at it, um, to make sure that nothing was too easy um, and that, you know, it took, it takes a while and you have to build consensus to, for the government to, the federal government to step in and say, we're going to, we're going to change the way policy works and we're going to tell you, the American people or oftentimes the world, we're going to tell you, we, brilliant people under the dome, are going to tell you how it's going to go. And that, in my opinion, that should not be easy. Um, that should not be easy. And, and, and the legislative branch, you know, I'd like to say, and your students are going to be way too young and they won't even know the reference. You might. When I was growing up, they had this little cartoon of like, I'm just a bill on Capitol yeah. Hill. Yeah. Um, it might be fun to show them of how it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's a, it's, it's great because it's a little cartoon bill and he, and they talk about technically how a bill becomes a law. And, you know, technically someone introduces the bill and then the bill gets a, um, a committee hearing. Um, it, well, it gets referred to a committee because on both sides, uh, House and Senate, there are many different committees. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it gets, you know, you look at the policy behind it and say, oh, this goes in the appropriations or this goes in energy or it goes in ways and means. And then there's a hearing. And then there's a markup where the committee brings up the bill and people make amendments to it and it's marked up. Um, and this happens, has to happen in the House and it has to happen in the Senate. Um, and then it goes to the floor um, and the full House and then, you know, separately the full Senate hearing. And then it goes to what's called a conference committee where people, you know, Republicans and Democrats, um, House and Senate get together and they work out the differences in the bill. Um, and then it and then that conference report is passed and then the president signs it. And that's how the cartoon that taught me about the legislative branch taught me that government works. And that's how I learned in high school that government works. You know, technically that's how it happens. <laughs> now I found, I don't think I ever remember a real live example of a piece <laughs> of legislation that became law following that path. Um, there's usually bits and pieces of that path. It gets introduced, it gets a hearing um, it might even, and just because something passes the floor um, doesn't mean that it's going to go anywhere. What generally happens is the legislation generally gets a hearing. It generally gets a committee markup. 
it may or may not pass either body. Um, and what generally happens there is that there are a couple of really big bills that are must pass bills mm -hmm. that Congress has to pass um, to like fund the government, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like the government will not have any money if you don't pass this bill. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I'm sure none of your students um, mm -hmm. do this, but Congress waits to the very last minute to pass these bills. <laughs> It's usually like right before a holiday. And so right before there's a major deadline, um, some big bill passes and then there's a negotiation to figure out what goes in that big bill. And that's really how most legislation um, gets across the finish line um, these days. Okay, so, yeah, absolutely. So that is the overall job of the legislative branch. So le to legislate means to create the laws and pass the yes. bills that become our laws. Yes. So how how does that allow them to be a check and a balance against the executive branch and the judicial branch? So, um, so, so the way so number one, and again, I think this is this is something that's a. a cause of concern, mm -hmm. uh, we'll start with the judicial branch. I remember when I worked on the Hill and even now, sometimes, you know, sometimes I want to say to the guys and gals in the robes, mm -hmm. um, if you want to make law, if you want to legislate, why don't you trade in that robe and go get yourself elected so you can legislate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we've seen in the past is they're not supposed to do that. We've okay. seen in the past where um, the judiciary, I think, steps outside of their bounds um, and sometimes will make laws um, based on any kind of pres on precedents that don't exist. And so their job is to interpret the law. So, you know, the legislative branch, as you say, um, their job is to make the policy, pass the legislation. The, the job of the executive branch is to then decide, are they going to sign that legislation into law or are they going to veto that legislation? Their job is, you know, they certainly have a role to collaborate with legislators, but their job is not to write the policy. Their job is to sign it or veto it. Mm -hmm. um, and they also, they have, you know, um, they have many agencies that can set forth regulations that should be based on the law. Mm -hmm. um, and then the judicial branch, it, their job is to, um, interpret, does the law really mean that? Did the legislators really mean to do that or did they mean something else? And so when regulations or legislation um, is challenged, um, their their job is to, to decide, um, does that is that what that really means? Okay, so when a law is passed, the judicial branch can can check it by saying, no, that's not that's not what the law means. That's not you know, constitutional, maybe not constitutional. Right. Yep. And then and the executive branch can check it with a veto and say, no, we're not going to do that. Yes, that okay. is that is such a good way of saying it. And that is 100 percent right. Yes. OK. OK. And then how can the legislative branch then turn around and check the other two? If the executive branch gets a little bit out of control or if the judicial branch you know, starts to overstep, can the legislative branch do anything about that? So there are things that the legislative branch can do. Um, they're not, they're not, you know, massive amount. They don't have massive amounts of tools. Mm -hmm. And remember, you know, anything that the legislative branch does, you've got to pass it in both the House and the Senate. And we didn't talk about the Senate because of the filibuster. 
um, which means that, you know, any senator can basically slow down a lot a vote in the Senate. It really, for all practical purposes, it usually takes 60 votes in the Senate to pass anything. So mm -hmm. in order for them to act, they've got to pass it in the House, the Senate, and again, get it signed into law. Um, but there are, are, you know, they can, I've seen them threaten to defund agencies. So mm -hmm. if there's a rogue agency, they can say, Mr. Secretary, you're acting in a rogue manner. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to defund you. Um, you can do that, but you're not going to have any staff and you're not going to, yeah. you know. So, you know, that is one way that they can do that. Certainly people have been talked about impeaching judges. I don't think that that is a time, uh, an issue whose time has come. Um, certainly it was, you know, certainly it was contemplated. Impeaching the president seems to be um, very, um, very stylish these days. Um, you know, when the, the House impeached um, a president that was literally, um, literally not going to be president anymore. Um, and then the House, the legislative branch can do a lot of oversight, um, which means they can call in, they can call in executive branch um, officials um, and question um, why they've done things, how they've done things and expose and expose um, um, and, 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 expose and sanction officials that act in a, a manner that is not appropriate. Okay. So it sounds like they all need to really compromise and work together, ideally, to to make things work, um, which yes. is something that we've been talking about, you know, ever since all the way back when America declared independence, there were people who weren't ready and they had to compromise and compromise with what would be in the Constitution, you know, for, for everyone's good. Um, but one thing I would love to ask you about is within Congress, we've mentioned a little bit, there are the two different chambers. So what do they do? How are they chosen? What do they do? And how do they work together? The House and the Senate? Yes. <laughs> so the two chambers in the House, how do they work together? So sometimes they work together well, and sometimes they don't work together well. Um, and, you know, you're going to see a situation next year where you're going to have a house that's narrowly controlled by um, the republicans and a senate that's narrowly controlled by the democrats mm -hmm. and and you know i when i worked on the hill i mean we had it both when, when i was on the hill we had it i worked under both circumstances where you know um we controlled my party controlled the house for part of the time, part of the time we control the Senate, but we didn't have the 60 votes. Um, and part of the time we didn't control the Senate. And so a lot of times there's positioning of like, okay, if, you know, if the Senate were my party, here are all the bills that we're gonna send over to the Senate and and they're gonna kill them. Um, these, would, these would become law. Um, if the makeup of the Senate were different. And so there are lots of votes that just make political statements and hope to make policy later because you know you can't make policy. But ultimately, ultimately there are measures where you do have to come into a compromise. And the White House and the House and the Senate 
no matter how what party they all are, have to sit in a room and make a deal um, on policies um, and negotiate it out. Um, and line by line, figure out what is, okay, I, you get this, I don't like it, I can live with it, and I get this. It's not exactly what I want, but it's the best compromise we can do. That's great. So why are there the two different chambers? Why would our, Why did our founders set it up that way? So you probably have the technical explanation <laughs> more. I, it was the house is the people's house. They're, mm -hmm. they're elected every two years. Um, they're supposed to be, you know, they, they look after the interest very close to home. Um, you know, many, you know, several different congressional districts. Um, it's a much smaller constituency, whereas the Senate has two senators, um, you know, for the whole state. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're a big state like California or a little state like North Dakota, you still have two senators. And again, I think this is more of the checks and balances. The yeah. senators are only elected every six years. Um, and so they're, you know, one would argue that they are not as close to their constituents and they have a lot more constituents, whereas the members uh, of the House are elected every two years and they have many, many fewer constituents. And so, again, I think that's more of the checks and balances of different kinds of representation. Yeah, it really is incredible how our founding fathers thought of everything <laughs> they thought of. I'm, well, I'm sure not every single thing, but gosh, they sure thought of an awful lot and did everything they could to make sure it would work for as many people as possible. I think it's pretty incredible to look at. It, it, it is really incredible and um, unique. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're, listen, our system, you know, who's not frustrated with our government? Like we're all, we're all terribly frustrated all the time with our, with our government. However, there is no better system, you know, and, and I, again, I think that's part of, I think that's also part of the design um, is in that, you know, frustration breeds compromise and frustration um, and prevents things from happening too quickly so that, you know, we don't make the government doesn't make, you know, too many big, big mistakes, because, you know, if you look at what's happened, you know, post during the pandemic and post pandemic, the amount of spending um, and debt that we've heaped upon, you know, next generations, you know, that's sort of what we've tried to avoid um, yeah. doing too much of that. Yeah. Um, but even with all the checks and balances, it doesn't, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't stop that. Yeah. Yeah. But it slows it down. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we wrap up this episode, what is kind of the key thing that you want the kids to remember about what the legislative branch does? I think that the key thing to remember is it's a messy process. Um, it's a very messy process. And, and it is often driven by, um, the legislation is often driven by issues that are raised at the local level mm -hmm. that um, that constituents get in an uproar about and Congress feels like they need to to um, solve it. And so I, I guess 
you know, it's it's in some ways easy to to influence that process, um, but it is it's very messy. Yeah, yeah. So we need to be very thoughtful about who we vote for and the kind of the kinds of things we ask them to to handle for us because those are those are both very big decisions and uh, like you said they can they can definitely have an impact on our lives. Yep, you need to be careful when you're voting. <laughs> exactly. Or in, in in or think about in the future running yourself. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's a great thing to think about when when they grow up. Yep. All right, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a wonderful overview. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Growing Patriot podcast and learning all about the legislative branch. Coming up, we'll be talking about the judicial and executive branches too. In the meantime, you can find Growing Patriots and the Growing Patriot books at growingpatriots.com. And we are also on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Growing Patriots. Until next time. all from tyranny wished everything for liberty and they thought so we would be america land of the free this has been a presentation of the fcb podcast network where real talk lives visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com